0: Good morning. What an honor and pleasure to be with you again, or to be with you this week. Um, I forgot what I had put together for the light and reflection, or the shadow and light reflection, and so I was just listening to it and I was thinking, yeah, where do we find peace? And Just being silent for a little while. And so that just plays right into our title for today's message, which is titled, Silent Night. If you would just take a moment and pray with me. God, we're so grateful for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Though it looks a little gloomy outside, we are shining on the inside. We are shining because your light has come before us and your light is within us. So we just thank you, oh God, for all that we will encounter on today. We ask that you will open up our minds and our ears so that we can hear from you and see nothing but you. It's in your son, Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen. So over the few months that I've been with you, I may have mentioned, and you may have noticed, that I love music, all genres of music. Often when I'm working on a message, a song that speaks to the topic usually comes to mind, and if I'm early enough to ask, the music ministry is able to play the song or sing the song at some point during the service, but that's not always the case. Yet, I realized that there's always a song for me in all situations of my life. And if I were to write my life story, it would be a musical. I'm not sure how interesting the story would be, but it would be a musical. As I pondered the message for this week and thought about this week's advent tenet of peace, Silent Night is what came to mind. I immediately thought of the lyrics to the song, Silent Night, Holy night, all is calm, all is bright. This is a well-known beloved hymn written by Joseph Moore 207 years ago in 1816. The short story is that Joseph went for a walk and he noticed that the town was quiet and he was inspired that the town was at peace. So as I sat with the thought of the town being at peace, it was a no-brainer that the subject matter for today be Silent Night. All is calm. All is bright. When we think back to the nativity scene and we recount what we've learned in the Bible story, the night Jesus was born, we recall that his parents struggled to find a place to to bring their precious son into the world. They went from door to door looking for a place to deliver. Unlike the modern convenience today of having several medical facilities and medical staff to assist with the birthing process, we can only imagine the uneasiness and anxiety that Mary and Joseph must have experienced. Joseph, a man taking care of his wife, trying to find a safe and warm place for she and their soon-to-be-born child. Mary, an expectant mother, eager, ready to deliver. The rejection at each door one closed door after another. Have you ever needed help or assistance and tried resource after resource just to be told no? We can't help you. You don't qualify for assistance. Funds have been exhausted. It doesn't feel so good when we're rejected or are unable to receive assistance. Here, the savior of the world to be born and had no decent place to be born. Not so sure if this was the silent night that Joseph was thinking of. Joseph, the writer of the song. But as the story goes on, we learn that there is room in a barn or a stable for the family to go for the night. Can you imagine having to spend the night in a barn with the cattle, all of their sounds, and their various fragrances? We won't say smells, we'll say fragrances. Not only to rest there overnight, but to deliver a child. On top of that, there were others there such as the three wise men. Again, not such a silent night. Delivery rooms are not so silent either. In the past 10 days, we have welcomed two new grandchildren, and I was blessed to have been invited to be in the room for one of the births. There were machines and monitors constantly beeping, medical staff coming in and out, and then a whole team when it was time to deliver. Much noise not such a silent night and it was early in the morning as we study this psalm we find in verses one through four a request for restoration and revival the people were seeking to be joined with the father they knew how god restored jacob and they wanted the same so when we go back to genesis 32 verses 22 through 32 we find jacob was a bit with a bit of uneasiness about seeing his brother esau Jacob sent gifts ahead of his visit to his brother. And during the time while he waited to go see his brother, Jacob had an encounter with God. There was a physical struggle between Jacob and God. And during the struggle, Jacob held his own. And before the struggle was over, Jacob was struck at the hip socket. As Jacob held on, though, he refused to let go of God until God blessed him. And because he held on, God blessed him and told him that his name would now be Israel. In this, we find that Jacob's perseverance resulted in a second chance. He was restored. This leads people in today's text to seek the same. Not only are they seeking restoration and revival, but they ask the question, how long will they have to endure? How long will they have to wait? Friends. Advent season is the season of of anticipation and expectation. It's the season that we wait. I concur with the sentiment from last week's message that Advent and Easter share some characteristics. They are seasons of waiting. In Advent, we wait for the birth of Christ. We wait for his ultimate return, the second coming. In Lent, we wait for the resurrection, our redemption through his resurrection. Jesus, as well as all of the scripture, shows us that our faith is not to be an idle one. We are called to partner with God in the work of the kingdom of heaven. We are called to wait for the return of Jesus and also told how to be faithful servants while we wait. Cultivating spiritual practices such as prayer, fasting, Bible study, and others, as well as working at living in a faith community, are ways that we can be faithful servants. We are called to constantly work out our faith and continue to improve. We acknowledge that we can never be perfect, even though that is our goal. Scripture always shows us that God is always willing to give us another chance by coming to find us when we wander off or giving us time to realize our need for God. He met Jacob and restored him. He will do the same for us. The Advent season a time of contemplation. Though we regularly practice seeking the face and voice of God, this season reminds us of God's promise of hope, peace, joy, and love by way of the birth and ultimate return of Jesus Christ. This is a good time to engage in practices or spiritual disciplines that allow for contemplation. Richard J. Foster and Dallas Willard are known for their work in spiritual formation, by way of spiritual disciplines, as well as Ruth Haley Barton. These contemplative theologians identify and define spiritual disciplines. The one spiritual discipline I want to highlight today is the discipline of silence. Silence, the complete absence of sound. Such as now, except for my voice. When engaging in the spiritual discipline of silence, one will find her or himself in a space where they can experience quiet time with God. Sounds are limited. Distractions are minimal. There are times when we look at our schedules and decide that we do not have time to engage in a regular practice of discipline, or maybe we are afraid of not only the silence, but maybe the message that God has for us. When we worship God in spirit and truth, he responds to us in spirit and truth. And the truth isn't always so pretty. And at the same time, Spending the quiet time with God can be beautiful, enriching, and transformative. Quiet time with God can be a place of peace as well as a source of peace. In Jesus' ministry, we witness times when Jesus withdrew from the crowd in order to replenish, refuel, recharge, and to connect with God. In Matthew, we find that Jesus retreated and went up to the mountain to fast. And while he was there, he was tempted by Satan. When we attempt to engage in spiritual disciplines, we too will be tempted. Like Jesus, we, almost, we also must be strong and be able to speak to Satan and tell him to flee. If you've never sat in silence intentionally, allow me to share with you what may happen. You can find somewhere to go or a space in your home or a church or anywhere that will allow you to disconnect from the world for an allotted amount of time to be in silence with God. During this time, you may find that your mind begins to wander. You begin thinking about your garden, how you need to weed the flower bed. You may think about the laundry that needs to be taken out of the washer and put into the dryer, or even thinking about what you will cook for dinner. It takes discipline to sit intentionally in silence and block out the distractions so you can hear from God. It's not impossible. It just may take some time to get to a place where you can engage and you're automatically connected without the many distractions. So during this season, if you choose to engage in practicing silence, here are a few scriptures to encourage you. Psalm 62 and 1, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Psalm 37 and 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Mark 1 and 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Even Jesus practiced silence. Let's be reminded that Advent is a time of waiting with the promises of hope, peace, joy, and love. It's a time of contemplation. The message began with a brief introduction to the song, Silent Night, and its origin. I mentioned that the nativity scene may not have been such a silent night with an imaginable noise and all the distractions present. When I think about Joseph Moore's purpose for writing the song, he said that on his walk, he noticed that the town was quiet and peaceful. The lyrics to the song go on to speak to the virgin mother and newborn child and it invites the child to sleep in heavenly peace. He goes on to speak of how the shepherds quake at the sight. glory stream from afar, and heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. I imagine that when we spend intentional time with God, we will be the shepherds that will quake at the sight, and we will sing hallelujah. When we immerse ourselves in his presence and in his word, we are bound to have a silent night when all is calm and all is bright. And though we face trials, tribulations, and rejections, such as the Holy Family, as they were seeking shelter, we have the promise of hope, hope for a brighter tomorrow. We have the promise of peace. The Christ child that was born was identified as as the Prince of Peace prior to his birth. We have the promise of joy. We have the promise of God's love that we find in John 3.16 knowing that God loved us so much that he prepared the way and gave us his son, Jesus. When we find ourselves faced with trials and tribulations, we must be reminded that a silent night is possible because Jesus is our source of hope, peace, joy, and love. The makings of all is calm and all is bright. A silent night. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, as we await the coming of the Prince of Peace. Fill us with the wherewithal to engage and endure the chaos and distractions that attempt to prevent us from having silent nights. Strengthen us with your power and wisdom that we might recognize the silent nights in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. It's in his name that we pray, amen.